0: they made it definitely seem like there was some debauchery going on on these tours and they said you had a gang of groupies
1: you know and then i remember one time my uh financial advisor at the time she was like hey did you know you're spending more than you're making like every month and i was like oh for real went through he's talking about christ and i'm just like remembering things i heard of as a youth like at that christian school wow and then um a lot of those timelines were a little bit off the story doesn't get fully told so it gets told in a way that's not Fully accurate.
0: Like they said, uh, Bruce Lawn. Professor Grayson, Professor Live, live in the studio audience. You are our uh, third in person guest. Honored. Honored, man. Thank you for being here, bro. Thanks for having me. Before we get into all that stuff, I, I do have to say that I feel like you're one of those guys that uh, has believed in me pretty early and uh sometimes we take that stuff for granted or sometimes you may not know the impact your words have Mm. you know what i mean like even like you coming over here and i'm like hey man just know like studio's a little snug Mm. you know he's like your globe's gonna be crazy you're like your globe's gonna be crazy when you're two million yeah you know what i mean i'm just kind of like man i'm just aspiring for one million and you see the two million yeah but you're but you're uh, you're comfortable enough to speak that and say that and encourage me i don't know i'm assuming you're this way with everybody
1: yeah and we need that and i saw and i recognize your talent to be honest i mean I'm always intentional about trying to help everybody, especially in this social space. Cause everybody looks to me for like, how do I go viral? How do I build my YouTube? You yeah. know? But like, you knew a lot out the gates, like you're well studied, you know, and you were like versed in, um, streaming and stuff through doing it through ministry. I knew, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I just saw the talent and like how you're doing it and like your hustle and consistency. And yeah. I was like, this is special. So I am saying it in being intentional to build you up. But also like, it's, you know, I recognize that the, you know where it's going. I'm like, okay,
0: let's yeah. go. Well, I appreciate it, man. It, it means a lot to have uh, you, a bigger creator, but you as a you know as a street ball legend, uh, to to see that, to say that, to be comfortable saying that. So thank you, thank you for being here. Of in person. Thanks for having Amazing. me. Amazing. You, you you've, you've been here in person before. It was a little different. Yeah. And uh, when we upgraded we, now. Yeah, we upgraded a pit. Um, dude, I I want to go. I want to talk about a lot of things. Okay. The, obviously, the Netflix documentary, which is nuts. I want to hear more about your faith. Okay. The new the brand is going crazy, but I, I want to go to the beginning because mm. I don't know how many people know your origin story, mm. right? Like white kid, similar to my story, yeah. playing street ball, and then you you become this elite level athlete. Um, you're from Oregon. Yeah, I'm from a small town, Kaiser, Oregon. Nobody's ever heard of it. Kaiser, Oregon. So tell me mom, dad, brothers, like what was it like growing up? Mm-hmm. And, and, and what positioned you to become this guy? So, yeah, I'm from Kaiser, Oregon.
1: It really all started with my parents, man. My parents were incredible, man. They really fueled my passion mm-hmm. for the game. And it was my dad's, basketball was my dad's passion as well. He didn't play like college or pro, but he would just be at every men's league, every run. And uh, he put the basketball in my hands at two years old. Mm. So, I would just go to all his games and I would absorb it. You know, a lot of times when little kids go to their men's league games, their dad or whatever, they're Mm -hmm. running around the back in the hallway Mm -hmm. or whatever. I was like locked in. I watched the whole game front Mm. to back. And my dad was my idol still is. But like, you know, back then, like I just wanted to be like him. And then his passion for the game wore off onto me, like right away, you know, like third grade, I'm saying I want to go to the NBA. Wow. And, um, yeah. So I think their support had a lot to do with, uh, me evolving into who I am today. But, uh, kaiser's great upbringing it's like a suburb town it's like a place you want to you know raise your family you know put your kids in schools yeah. it's on the outskirts of salem salem is actually the capital Oregon. Okay. most people think it's portland but yeah. we're an hour south of portland we're actually halfway in between eugene like where u of o is okay halfway in in between eugene, uh, eugene and portland it's just like one of those freeway towns you see the kaiser exit yeah <laughs> you never go yeah but um yeah it was great my, my parents fueled my dream and uh we were like a basketball family, you know mm. what I mean? Like, Dad's coaching the yeah. AAU teams, <laughs> and they, they get me the Jordans. Yeah. And then what really was foundational is they got me a trainer when I was in fourth grade. Okay. Yeah. And uh, shout-out to Rodney Howard. That was my trainer. But he taught me some very foundational moves. You know, he taught me, like, the in and out mm-hmm. in and out crossover. And then he taught me the third move he taught me was the Iverson crossover. But mm. I realized, I didn't realize at the time, but now looking back, I had, just had a gift. Like, I picked these moves up in a week ball handles ball you're
0: picking it up super quick yes okay
1: yeah i'm picking it up in a week wow. and i'm able to go shake a full-grown adult like hoopers too wow fourth grade <laughs> and i'm and i'm and i've always been tiny yeah I've always been a featherweight yeah. so like uh i think it was by about fifth grade I, I mastered like the iverson crossover and i literally would play in like adult pickup games and like mad people would come watch and get really excited because like i'll do that little hezy step and then do that crossover yeah. and people would like trip up and i'll make the shot wow <laughs> fifth grade fifth grade sheesh wow. yeah so that that was really foundational but then you know my parents just put me in the clinics the camps yeah. even even all the way up into uh being encouraging when i got cut from, uh back in the day with aau sometimes there was only one team per age group for the state mm. so i was trying on that one team and like a couple teams i got cut a couple times i got cut one time i was like an alternate but my parents they were always so encouraging mm. and so then all the way into high school, you know, I'm, I'm on JV as a junior. I'm at a big school, a 5A Whoa. school, several thousand kids in the school. I'm, I'm on JV as a junior. And uh, it's because the eye test, man, I always just look like I'm so young. Yeah. You know? Coaches didn't trust <laughs> yeah. that I could actually play D at that yeah. level. They yeah. saw the offensive skill, but yep. they might not have trusted it too because I was always like a flashy player. And that, yeah. that didn't really fit the uh, the style of basketball in Oregon. It was more Princeton offense, yeah. very like Hoosier-y. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit dated now, yeah. but yeah. – I didn't fit the mold. And so, like, they, they put me in a Christian school uh-huh. senior year uh-huh. just for a better opportunity. Yeah.
0: And um, that's cool, man. That's cool that they yeah. saw that in you. So, in terms of the, the foundation, it sounds like yeah. you're at the gate having some streetball influence because it sounds like yeah. the school you're at, the high school you're at, they're playing boring basketball, as we would say. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think, I think it was
1: like strategic. I think back in that time, You know, basketball's evolved over time, and I think, you know, a lot of teams that were less athletic than, Mm -hmm. say, like the inner city schools, like you would run like more intricate offenses, and you try to work together as a team to win instead of like individual skills where the the kids in the inner city are doing crossovers and (laughs) alley-oops. It's just a different game, you know. But now like the way skills have evolved, they realize like everybody can get better and, Mm -hmm. you know, move their skill sets up, and then there's better ways to play. But I think – not that I think offenses are bad, right? Mm -hmm. You you need a great offense, great system, but – yeah, so that's how it was. Yeah. Really back then.
0: So, so you're you're learning these moves early on. Yes. It's not really working with your high school team. Your parents put you in a Christian school. Yeah. And, uh, and how did, how did you do there? Now you're just going to your senior year, or your junior, year, they put you in a senior. In yeah. A, in a so school? <clears throat> it even goes back
1: before that, though. I would make mention is I would always play pickup and go crazy, right? Like, but they had. That style of basketball had taught me that pickup was garbage ball. It's the circus, and it doesn't count. Wow. And when you get into the season, this is where the real deal is. Mm. And so, I, don't get me wrong, I still go crazy, like AAU. And then, mm-hmm. like, even on my JVT, I scored, like, 30-plus multiple times. and I'm, like, on the JV team as a yeah. junior. Yeah. Um, but they never would give me, uh, you know, that full trust and opportunity. Um, but... Uh, you mentioned me being a streetball fan. I got into it actually when I was like a freshman in high school. Okay. Yeah, that's when I saw M1 Mixtape Day Volume 1.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm, 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 I'm I'm trying to figure out, is this art imitating life or is this life reflected in the art, right? Because yeah. M1 came when we were in high school. We're about the same age. Yeah. I think same year, right? 2003? I graduated in 2002. 2002. So your year, yeah. year, year, year graduated before me. But yeah, M1 was just exploding and yeah. so I, unless you were really hip in culture to like Rucker park and right and i had some friends that went there but we didn't really see that until M one really exploded yeah. um so that's what i'm trying to figure out is like is this your life and then it just kind of transcend or did, did the n1 influence you this is a good question so it was all meant to be
1: because look at the player that i was most drawn to first as far as emulating yeah outside of michael jordan because that was everybody what was alan iverson okay and so I was drawn to his flair, and I loved how he moved the crowd. Yeah. And then uh, when I – so that was like fifth grade, right? Iverson's in his prime. He just shook Jordan. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I just yeah. bought the shirt. Iverson crossing yeah. Jordan. But – That was a moment. That was a moment. That was a crazy yeah. moment. it was crazy. It was crazy. And, and Jordan's crazy because Jordan, people forget, he almost got a piece of it. He yeah. almost recovered. But anyway, so I'm into that already. I'm into Tim Hardaway. I love his crossover. I'm into Rod Strickland. Rod Strickland was like dope. He's like the Kyrie before Kyrie. Yep. I think he's actually his godfather. But anyway, so that's the style of basketball I was drawn to before I even knew about streetball. Okay, got it. So when I saw and won, it was like, yo, this is everything I love, like on steroids, you know what I mean? Like the energy of the crowd, the creativity and the moves. I was already making up moves before that. Like I just loved moves, you know what I mean? And so I still had aspirations like, hey, everybody's a hooper, wants to make the NBA. But Mm -hmm. then I didn't realize I'm more into streetball than the NBA or Mm – Hand in hand, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean, and so yeah, and one brought streetball to the the forefront just globally, period. Mm -hmm. Right? You're like, West Coast don't really, we we have Venice Beach, but that Mm -hmm. wasn't even a big thing, right? Mm -hmm. Locally, and in LA, it is, but I mean,
0: I remember watching like White Man Can't Jump and seeing a glimpse of it back then, and then just Going to the park and playing, yeah. and there was some element of that, but it wasn't as tangible until after I feel like M one really exploded. And we knew Allen and, and obviously the crossover, but it, I feel like when it really exploded was after M one, and then everybody 100%. is like, you know, yeah, the the the, the super baggy shorts, yeah. right? Jordan had the, the the shorts to his knees, and everyone was like in a super baggy shorts. Yeah, I was, was just- bummed
1: if my if my shorts didn't hit my socks,
0: <laughs> like if it, didn't, if it didn't go down mid shin. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was like, oh, these are square. I, I can't
0: rock with these. That's why I stopped wearing Nike. Yeah, like,
1: wow. Cause I, yeah, because their shirts were sh- shorts. <laughs> yeah, and people forget this, right? Nike's so dope and they do everything so well, but yeah. they forget there was a time I actually looked at Nike as frumpy at a point I was like, oh, they don't know how to do basketball in mm-hmm. squares, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is funny because I'm rocking Jordans, but like literally I was all in one. I got yeah. rid of all my Nike shoes, all the clothes, everything, and I was just and one only for like all the way up until I made the team.
0: That's so, that's a. That, that's a, such a trip, man. <laughs> I know.
1: My senior year in high school, I'm wearing the Tai Chi's. Wow, the ha- you know the ones Vince Warren yep. and us, but yep. I had the gray ones, the half yep. gray, half white, and then every high school clip I
0: got iron ones. Yeah, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I'm I'm asking these questions because I'm also I'm also interested in in what greatness looks like. Okay, right. I love the book Outliers. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you've ever read that. Master heard of it? Yeah, Need to I mean it's a, it's a lot of it's a lot of overlap into what you into your life and a mm-hmm. lot of folks who exceed at an elite level. Mastery by Robert Greene. Robert Greene wrote the Forty Eight Laws of Power, and then he wrote a book called Mastery okay. Okay. later on in the right. process. And so this, this intersection of the right environment with the right support system, right? It's huge. The right family, the family that's just even attentive to like, hey, you're you know, you're not working here. We're gonna put you in this school. We're gonna get you a coach in fourth grade. I just you, you'll meet my son later, but he, you know, we're we're going um, basketball clinic twice a week. He's in second grade. And, uh, and, and we go training with the strength trainer once a week, mm. every week, you know? And so it's, it's this environment of positioning someone to optimize on what they can become, even if maybe, uh, you know, in, in your case and in my case, like genetics may not be in the favor right. that everything else was, was positioned for you just a uh, stable family, loving family that's attentive, that passion basketball, um, I think it's so brilliant because you are a basketball legend in a lot of ways, mm. right? And so I'm always curious like what was the fir- what was the ground? How was the ground? The fertility of the ground, the 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 environment that the sowed that the seed was sowed. And so it's interesting that you know your parents are very intensive and then you're going through high school but you don't really get it laid out for you in high school. You're playing varsity your junior year, which was and high school was not lit. JV, yeah. JV, excuse me. Yep. JV, your 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 uh, your junior, junior year said that backwards. And so. It's 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 fascinating to see that, and then you're 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 chipping away without a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. No one's mm-hmm. noticing like that, right? At all. And the team that's inspiring you, you then get to go and try out for. And so, what led up to that because you that wasn't they didn't come to your town right Didn't they go to like Portland and you had to like figure out how to get there mm-hmm. how did t- t- tell me that some of that story So I think it really starts back to that senior year when I went
1: to that school mm-hmm. for the first time a coach at a varsity level you know which was you know at a high level at that point <clears throat> uh, for me, you know like the varsity coaches were like always you know mm-hmm. the deciders right. So he had full confidence in me, but he was a he was a college ball player, so he could see talent. And like I had crazy like offensive skill, talent. I just know no uh people weren't encouraging it and they didn't trust it, right? Like the white kid at the suburb school doing the Iverson crossover feels untrustworthy because like the coaches don't even teach that. Mm. And then it's like we don't really know what to do with that. We don't do that. You know what I mean? We we teach in triple threat, drab step. Mm-hmm. So it was like too uh it looked at as too flashy. Mm. You know? So um so it goes back. They put confidence in me. The, the two coaches there, this dude, uh, Colby Mullen, and shout out uh, Tim Olson. I was just talking to him yesterday. He was super cool, but uh, they put a lot of confidence in me. I mean, to the point where I even gave my assistant coach an Anwin mixtape. I gave him Volume One, and I put him onto it. And He's, wow. like, he's like, yo, that dude was good, man. Ready for Austin? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, Skip, man. He's like the goat. And so um, we had a great camaraderie, and then I, you know, I scored thirty plus a bunch that year, and I, I was one vote away from MVP, and I got like second team all state. Mm-hmm. So it started there. Started to feel really good, and. Like I said, I was I
0: was always good, but I was always a show, show glimpses of mm-hmm. good. You know, you, I mean? you would have these bursts. Yeah, of like, like oh, scored over thirty. Yeah, but then you're not averaging over thirty. No,
1: game. no, I was always average, like between ten and twenty, yeah. and like I it was pretty good, yeah. but like just not given that slot right.
0: Now, are colleges starting to look at you? Is there no. some
1: options? Anything? No. So here's what happened. So after high school, I had that good season and went crazy. And I don't know how it works. I don't know the levels, right? Sure. Two A 2A school at that point. It's only three hundred kids in the whole school. Uh-huh. So no colleges even take a glance uh-huh. okay. over there. Okay, um, so no college offers. I went and uh, went to open gym with three JUCOs or mm-hmm. community colleges, mm-hmm. and it's funny. I actually went crazy at all three of them. Mm-hmm. Like I remember one of them. I don't even know. I missed a jumper. Like it was. I was like, for sure, I'm gonna play there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then they always they 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 got to back to my dad a couple days later like hey man we don't think he can play defense at this level you know he's got some good skill you know wow. tell him to tell him to keep working was that true was um, your was your d sloppy back there then? Were, there were yeah there was an element of truth to it that's why like a lot of people are like man you're probably bossing up on those coaches that didn't give you a chance and I'm like eh. I don't even view things like that yeah. right? I'm, I'm more I'm more of a gratitude mindset right, right a but then b you know you look 11 years old and you shy away from physicality we supposed to put you as a starter? You right. know what I mean? So there was a degree of – I think if I was encouraged and maybe mentored by somebody who already, like, walked that path, then I could have been a, a better off. But, yeah, I think I think I was a risk, you know, to a certain degree. So then I ended up playing community college ball, but it was only because my dad, who owned a jewelry store, he sold some jewelry to the local community college, the oh. one I didn't want to go to because I wanted to get out of my parents' house, go, like, move to a dorm yep. somewhere. yeah. So I didn't even want to go to that one, but I ended up getting a spot there because he persuaded the coach that, like, I had a passion for the game. He's like, got to look my son. He's really good. He, you know, my dad was like that dad. The coach yeah. was probably, like, rolling his eyes, but he was cool enough to actually give me a shot. Yeah. So he saw that I had talent, though, because I went up there, and I went crazy, a couple open gyms. Mm-hmm. He probably said the same thing about the defense. So he allowed me to redshirt. Mm. Then a couple guys got injured. Mm. So I get thrown in. The, I, I dress down. So I ended up playing my freshman year, but I only played, like, three minutes a game. And if the game was close, I don't even get in. There mm-hmm. might have been one or two games up put like 10 minutes or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so that was my freshman year. And I was always like – I was real deer in the headlights. But I think when I look back, it was because, like, those other coaches didn't inc- – they, they hyped up – they hyped up varsity. Like, it was like the league, mm-hmm. you know, I'm looking at it too big. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I would have had some more perspective, like Juco, like – like, you got to be good to play college ball. It was like Juco. That's bottom barrel. Like, yeah. It's not that crazy. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah if yeah. I had that perspective, it would have helped.
0: Yeah, so. that's that's interesting because it, it was it, it was hyped up, wasn't it? In high school, like varsity was a big deal. Yeah, and parents are all green too, right? Nobody right. knows the, nobody knows the system
1: or level, so they all think like their son playing varsity is going D one next, and it's like it's, like, it's a look, ways to go, but lucky to get on a college roster, <laughs> right. exactly. But you know, my dad, to be fair, my dad was always like pretty realistic with it and uh, always an encourager. Both my parents were great.
0: So. Yeah. So you play freshman year of college. Yeah, you play a little bit, barely. Yeah, barely, and then is that when the N one is coming around mm-hmm. to your area? Yeah, so this is what happened. This is what I like to tell people. So,
1: I had been getting better, even though I'm only playing three minutes a game because I was playing next to guys that were awesome. Like I had a, a roommate this guy Greg O'Neill, man, he's an awesome guy. He he ended up playing D two. I had another couple guys on the team that were gonna go D one. Mm-hmm. We had like a seven footer, you know what I'm saying? So I'm playing a high a high level athletically. Yeah, so it's changing my game even as I'm you know, take going through the learning phase. After the season ended, those open gyms in the summer, uh, I ended up being, like, the best player. I improved, like, 300%. Mm. And this is because I was doing 5 a.m. workouts, like make make 1,000 jumpers or mm. make 500 jumpers before class even starts, mm. which that's a lot, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. After class, uh, we got open gym, then we hit the weights, and then, I'm, and then I'm working out on my own somewhere else that night. So I'm doing, like, three days with weights, Whew. and I'm playing – High level and then they're bringing in recruits. Yep. And then like recruits are coming in. I'm wiping them down yeah. to the point where these D1 schools are coming to look at other players. And then now they're like, who's this kid? Yeah.
0: yeah. You know what I'm saying?
1: Cause I was running the court every open gym, just a just whole court the whole time. Yeah. So I improved like 300 percent And I didn't even, I'm not even knowing. Yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. so green. I'm just not even know how good I actually got. Yep. So then, of course, I'm a fan of An one. I went up there the year before. And I actually like made it out of the trial. I got to play against the N one team a couple games. Okay, shout out to uh, my OG Sick with it. I played against Sick with it, and uh, I didn't do much. I don't score like a bucket or two, but I got like one move off. It was all actually ended up on N one Mixed-A volume six. People don't know I'm on six, not, Whoa. not seven, which is my debut. Whoa, yeah, okay. So, so, uh, so N one comes along. Yeah, I drive up there, my Nissan, my '94 Nissan Sentra. Me and my brother, we were just excited to. Go check out our idols and, like, hopefully catch a dope game. And, of course, I'm a play. But, like, if I wouldn't have made it in there, I can't say I would have been bummed because I was just excited to be there just yep. to watch as a fan. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, getting in there, I don't even know if I felt like I earned that. So, yeah. next thing I know, I suit up, shake a couple dudes up, people are going crazy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They're like, and then it's like me and this other dunker dude that were, like, the finalists go in the building. Next thing I know, I'm playing where the Blazers play, and I'm going back and forth with this battle with hot sauce. And like <laughs> he like made me slide and like touch earth.
0: <laughs> I scored like a few points, but they, they liked the battle and the fact that I wasn't scared. Yeah. 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 Man, okay. So that's that's interesting because in the Netflix documentary, they made it look like you yeah. kind of just came out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, I think I think that uh I think what I learned, especially going through that doc, was yeah. A lot of those timelines were a little bit off. The story doesn't get fully told, so it gets told in a way that's not fully accurate. Like they said, uh, I got cut from a bunch of teams and then got opportunity. It's like, well, I know where they got that because during my interview, I told them how I got cut from the uh, BCI, which was AAU back then, and there was one all-star team per age group, yeah. so I got cut from that, but then I got held back on the junior. So yeah, I did get cut from varsity and cut from there, but it's not like I still wasn't like playing, so yeah. it sounds a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and I did come. Co- I mean, to M1, I did come out of nowhere. I mean, Oregon—they yeah. didn't expect the, the contestant to be from Oregon.
0: Well, the fact that you were on the previous mixtape. Okay, yes. So, so <laughs> hot sauce and cichlid—they like remembered me. Yeah,
1: they remember me because um, I think I had a sort of a distinct look. But they—they they remember me. The other
0: guys didn't. But uh, yeah, so a little bit familiarity, a yeah. little bit. Yeah, yeah. So M1 comes around. You're on it. it, it I, I want to. You made the the, the Netflix documentary. It was really dope. It was really, bo- it was really. I thought they fun. did a great job of storytelling. Yeah. yeah. I had a
1: critical, I was a little more, okay.
0: Like, my feedback a little more critical just because I lived it. But like, Aussie. How, how long did it take to shoot your parts? Is that like a long, exhaustive process or was that pretty like sit down for one interview and they got everything they needed from you? That's it. That's four, it. Four
1: or five hours in uh, 2020 before
0: COVID. So, oh, so that interview was four or five hours worth of content? Yeah. Condensed to like. Condensed to. Wow. Yeah. That's a trip, man. So, okay, so tell me, which parts did you think were kind of inaccurate or not the most cleanest timeline? Um,
1: Yeah, so like when they showed like the Nike commercial and Nike Freestyle, they I made it. it sound like it was after the ESPN show actually started, but it was before I even got on there. And that had nothing to do, that didn't tamper with Anwan's business one bit. Mm. Like, Nike commercial was dope. The Freestyle, I, like, I loved yeah. it. J. Will was on there. Yep. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Jay Will. Just shout out to you. Uh, but like, it didn't tamper with the business. They made it sound like it, like, weighed in on Am1 and took away from, or whatever. But it was like one commercial and done. It wasn't a lifestyle. Like, one mm. people are lifestyle like, and one streetball. So everybody. you're saying this is, this came after the ESPN reality show? No, the commercial, they, they framed it like it did. Uh-huh. But I think it's in storytelling. you got to figure out how to tell your stories because you make a sure. big deal about something at a certain point. It might not feel right. It's about flow, too. Right, right, right. So uh, that happened before I was even on N1. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Nike Freestyle. And uh-huh. then. So did Vince Carter dunk? All that happened before
0: you were on N1? Th- I think that was 03. That wow, was 03. Wow, okay. Yeah.
1: And then. Um, so same year. Yeah. Around the same time. No. that was That was before. It was before.
0: Yeah, it was O two or O one, I think. Wow, but but also, um, so you're saying that was inc- inconsequential to N one having any kind of blip in their business model? Was the Vince Carter wearing the the N ones when he did that dunk, and then Nike signing him and doing this kind of street ball commercial? You're saying it it wasn't as big of a deal as they made it seem in the doc. N
1: one was going crazy until those owners sold the company. So that was that was one of my uh, critiques of it, mm-hmm. which. To me, I think the dog was dope though, like a story told really dope. But I think there was a couple things that could have added value. Like, uh, yeah. So so the company went down. They made it sound like we fought a lot, and then like envy got in the way, mm-hmm. and then a downfall. But it's like no, it's like when they when the owner sold the company, split a hundred mil a few different ways or however much it was. That's when it started going downhill because it got in the hands of people who didn't know anything about basketball, much mm. less street ball. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they brought in some guys to run the brand from like they they were like uh, Adidas and Reebok. But they were like OGs, they weren't really into street ball, they were more like NBA guys. Like one dude, you know, he he was a good businessman though. He like made a made a shoe for Kobe, made a shoe for Shaq. So he was more into that NBA circle. But street mm. ball was like too off to the side for them. So they weren't into it. So they tried to make An one like this well-rounded machine, but it just wasn't ready for that. Got it. And they didn't have the dollars to do that. You gotta pay an NBA player. Multi-million dollar deal, a top tier guy. Yeah, so they didn't have the money at that time, and it was just different. So that's when it went downhill. But I think also some of my uh, critique was they didn't have our best highlights. You know, like <laughs> you're talking about why and one was so big and yeah. the effect that the splash it had in the culture, but it didn't show those like a lot. Of, like for example, not even just biasly, it didn't show my best highlights, but also like hot sauce. Right? They talk about how he changed the game, which he literally changed basketball. Mm-hmm. And he said he in the doc he said he's one of the most. He was the most bas- popular basketball player on earth at one point. Mm-hmm. I think if he's not accurate, he was top five.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He literally changed the game. But they didn't show, like, there's moments where he shakes somebody up, they fall, and then everybody runs on the court. It didn't show a lot of those mm. moments. It kept showing him, like, just a blip of a trick move. Mm. And then, like, even for me, it showed, like, one of my best career highlights, but that was it. It showed, like, kind of like random um, clips, which it didn't, like, completely
0: devalue the dog. but would have added some value, I think. I think it would have added value to kind of better highlight where everyone's at now
1: exactly and you could have built it You show show why hot sauce is like a handle god you right. know what i'm saying show why i got to where i'm at you know and then it, it would encapsulate the energy of the moment a little bit more yeah that's that's what i feel like but who knows did they have rights to all the footage you know was the guy who was pulling clips was he a fan of it back then i think all those things weigh yeah. in right you never know but the dude who
0: directed it it was he was dope and uh overall it was it was pretty dope. Yeah. yeah um so, so a few things about the documentary. So they, they make it seem like there's a lot of drama. There's a lot of issues. And they also kind of posi- – <laughs> this is because it sound weird. But they also kind of positioned you like you were hot because you were a white guy. Mm-hmm. Like, well, Professor, you know, he – like it had this weird aura around mm. like you were popular because that – and I was like, I don't know how much of that was accurate in hindsight. Like you were really shaking people up. You know what I mean? Like back, at least from when I was in high school and I remember – I didn't see it as, oh, this guy is getting a pass because he's a white dude. You know what I mean? Like, did you kind of gather some of that from the doc? And was there some of that energy on the ground?
1: Well, I knew all the guys so well that are giving the sound bites. Like, even my homie G-Lock, he was a, he was a cameraman. He was on there giving an interview. And he, I think he's the one who he, he said when a white guy can do something in the hood yep. and do it well... Yep. He said it, it amplifies that much. But then he goes on, he said, but Professor was like the real deal. The real deal. So, I, yeah. so I think it was both. Mm-hmm. I think it was both. And I didn't even know at the time. I'm just having a great time. Yep. You not know what was going on as a kid, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, I think it was both. I mean, obviously being white helped it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It, it like amped it up, yep. of course. But I think what they were speaking to is was I better than sick with it mm-hmm. or AO? Or no. You know what I mean? Like, not, no. I happened to have an incredible summer that I couldn't duplicate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And in, 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 you know, it made a dent in the culture. It was really impactful for me, but those guys are better players. So I think when they say it, they say, no, dude, dude, dude was good. But, you know, being white boosted it. Yeah. Like, some people might have thought I was the best player on that one. Yeah. You, you could have you sure. got that narrative sure, too, sure, sure, right? Sure. Some people – I remember seeing a picture. This is one that really bugged me out. There was a picture of people's favorite players, and there was like a voting poll on a website, mm-hmm. and it had Michael Jordan, Vince Carter – jason williams and myself on there it's like wow. who, who's your favorite player really yeah and then like i wasn't even last i don't know who was last i wasn't even last on there obviously mj's up there but i was just the fact that that graphic even yeah. existed yes. the fact that even a kid could have made that or yes. whoever yes to me i was like hyped that even somebody would have made that yeah.
0: in terms of the structuring of the n1 situations towards the end of documentary they go yeah how do we had them signed up as sponsored athletes and not as employees. We no, he was saying been... had we treat as employees instead of endorsers. Okay, endorses. so it's the opposite. Okay.
1: Yeah, and that was unrealistic, though, because, like, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Yeah. You're not going to do an employee situation. And plus, he was saying it like we could have gave these guys stock
0: options as employees. But my thing was, like, you can do that in an endorsement deal, too. And, and it That's was like, what I thought. I thought they were saying the opposite. I thought they were saying you guys were employees. No. And had they given you deals of athletes, they could have given you stock options.
1: The truth is, it's just not big money. Like, it was an endorsement deal for less than 100K, at least for the first guy's first few years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? By the time we ended, I was making some good money. And I know some guys did at a certain point, but yeah. So, I, I that. That was an interesting take. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, do those guys feel that bad about the situation? They're not trying to call and mend things up. They ain't got no money for nobody today. So I, I don't know if they feel that bad. You know, I tweeted that the other day, like Yeah. I said, Hey, the An one because I don't feel like I'm old. I yeah. came on right before the peak. Yep. And then it went crazy and that got bought out like two years later. And then started- so you did
0: two seasons with them? It's six. Wait, wait, wait. You came on before. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I came sorry. on 03. And 03.
1: I, and it ended, 08 was the last year.
0: Got it. So you did six seasons. Six seasons. And you said initially it didn't pay great, but towards the end it started paying really well.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it was great. It was all great for me. Yeah. I'm 18. Yeah. I thought like a couple hundred dollars was big. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, my first deal I think was like 70 or 80K for the year or something like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking I'm rich. About yeah. three PS, you know, PS2s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a video game. You know what I mean? Like. I wasn't tripping at all. So I don't feel like I was owed. I branded after things happened, but I feel like I feel like it's not as hot and cold. Like the players might say, hey, we're owed millions. The owners obviously said it wasn't worth paying anything. Mm-hmm. I feel like it maybe somewhere in the middle would have been the most moral and just thing. But I mean, you know how it goes, like million dollar buyouts. Nobody's like, how can I be courteous with this? Nobody <laughs> unless you are yeah. a believer, maybe.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. I I don't know that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. That, 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 that's an interesting tension between like what would have been the generous thing to do, versus what was legally agreed upon in the agreements, you know, and and the ethics of it—it's it, it, confusing it's, territory. Confusing I feel that.
1: like they could have been nice to give everybody a hundred, couple hundred k. Yeah, because the thing about it—they sold—I can't remember what the exact amount was. Somewhere hundred thirty mil, maybe I'm off.
0: It was it was north of a hundred mil.
1: Yeah, north. If it's north of a hundred million between four dudes or three dudes, which is funny. I only met one of the guys. I don't even know those other dudes, mm-hmm. the owners. What's what's giving everybody 200k? And I'm just talking about the original seven or eight dudes. Yeah. I'm not talking about because by the time they sold it, we had like
0: 17 guys in our contract or something mm, like that. Okay. So
1: that was my thought. Yeah.
0: yeah. But you also said you don't you don't feel like you don't feel any type of way about it.
1: I was blessed to be a part of. it. That's yeah. how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I was blessed to like play with such great talent. One of my OGs, shout out to Headache, he was in an interview recently and he said that. I am really yeah. like a professor. He said I studied all the n one players and I got a little bit of everybody in my game. And it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. You know what I mean? Like Headache said that the irony is like I just want to all like repost on like WorldStar and other yeah. sites for doing like one of headaches moves. And then like I do Ali Mo's moves. Obviously I had a lot of influence from hot sauce, yep. AO. So I feel like I was honored to play for them. And then, you know, when it ended, I'm only twenty-three. Mm. I was only twenty-three when it ended. Mm. So like I had a lot of career left and it just made me that much better. Mm-hmm. And I was able to To me, not branding never made any sense. Like, of course, we're going to brand. If anyone ain't going to do it, I got to do it. Yep. I I didn't even reach the peak of my game or career or anything. So
0: that's how I viewed it. Yeah. In the documentary, (laughs) you don't have to talk about this if you don't want to. I'll talk about anything. It's all good. But they made it definitely seem like there was some debauchery going on on these tours. And they said you had a gang of groupies. Here you are, small guy, you know, (laughs) from a small town. It, you know, going to a Christian school, you know, um, yeah. but I well, wasn't it, Christian, but you yeah. weren't Christian. But, yeah. you know, so uh, how, how much did you while out? How much did you indulge? And in, in really, because I mean, they made it sound wild. The stuff they were saying. In terms we of what we, was we were wild. We were
1: wild. We had I had multiple girlfriends, every city, uh, globally, every, multiple girlfriends, Mul- every city, every city. globally. What do you Andrew Tate? <laughs> I don't, it, but but to be honest we that's just the honest take it. anybody yeah. who's like rock if you're not like not in the faith or you even if you hey who you never know you know yeah, what I mean that yeah. money and fame is yeah. different right yeah You, because my I only know that in my adult life i you know as far as like having the fame or whatever, so you see your girl like it's like a high percentage chance she so hang you mm. know what I mean or do whatever so yeah, we had like multiple girlfriends. Every city, everywhere. I mean, we do Australian two or three times. Right? Like three girlfriends, every city in Australia too. Whoa. To the point where it's like, "What was that girl's name?" Like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." She'll hang. Wow. Whatever. You know what I mean? So, so this is over six years. Yeah. And not everybody. I can't say everybody on the team. Yeah, some dudes are married. Some guys didn't. Yeah. You know, not not everybody, but majority.
0: Yeah. yeah. Did that impact you a lot as as, as as a young man? For sure. And the access to excess?
1: Oh, for sure, man. Like when people say that, that's a new word, right? And this this generates the access to excess, but mm-hmm. I know that verbatim, and it's so true, man. And uh a lot of learn a lot of learning experiences, you know. And then um
0: I was influenced by the lifestyle and uh Yeah. what w- was there some 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 deprogramming that had to happen of course yeah talk about that
1: for sure you mean you're talking about after coming to faith
0: yeah. sure yeah
1: oh yeah for sure i mean it didn't happen until then <laughs> you know? yeah so, but, uh, so
0: up until you come to faith you're kind of you know you're the you're the, rock, you're the rock star basketball legend
1: actually okay sorry let me rewind that so our last endorsement deal expired at the end of 08 okay and that was the last run on espn was 08 i mean maybe in that last season mm-hmm. We used to spend 20 plus times a week on ESPN, like, or more, like 20 to 50. I mean, I'm telling you, it was the filler show. When there's not a show, you just throw street ball on, right? Mm. It's like poker, street ball, and one of the, I don't know what else, yep. basketball games. Yep. Sports Center. Mm-hmm. That's right, Sports Center. So uh, the last one in 08, I remember it aired like, you know, this week, this episode, it went through the season, mm. and then it reran once, and that was it. Mm. And then it just completely ended. We didn't really get a call. I was, like, lightweight and with the company. I think they offered me a sneaker deal, like, 2009 for, like, a couple thousand dollars. I actually turned it down. Does that didn't make any sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I did, like, one-off games everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't even known. In the U.S., I walk around, I wouldn't even get known. Mm-hmm. I was I was going from, like, full-time security, where I went, to... I remember I went to an actual college game. Usually, if I go to a basketball, man's the most crazy, right? People but I go to... Yeah. It was either a high school or a college game, mm-hmm. and, I, and only one person came up to me, and they go, hey, aren't you, didn't you play on some, like, a uh, basketball tournament thing or something? <laughs> you look kind of familiar. <laughs> and this is only yeah. one year removed. This yeah. is, like, 2009, wow. 2010. Before social media, ah. you get forgotten quick. Yeah. And even now, it's like if you don't upload, right? For, like, it's crazy. So yeah. fame is, like, super unbelievably fleeting, and that's out the most high then with Before Social. So
0: so because yeah, because you're like mainstream famous. Like you are doing you're on ESPN. ESPN is a big deal. We didn't even know, you know, we actually didn't know how mainstream famous. We knew
1: it was big, we knew it was like global. Yeah. But we didn't put ourselves in the same level as like mainstream, but like we're not realizing like we get way more spin than like an actor on a hit TV show. Mm-hmm. We're getting way more spin. Yep. So we didn't know how to measure that. Even today, right? Some people don't know how to measure like A, B list, yeah. you know, A-list yeah. influencer. How yep. does that weigh in? Yep. 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 Unless yep. you're in it. Yep. And so we didn't know. Um, but yeah, so I went broke, lost all the fame. I'm selling my own jerseys on eBay. I kept about like 75 of my And1 jerseys. I mm-hmm. and sold them on eBay to
0: survive at one point. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You got back. How did you go broke? Um, I don't remember this about check, your story. Check to check. But but you were. Yeah. I mean, if you were making six figures for multi seasons, multi six figures for eight. So let's just average it out and just say uh, you did a mill. Yeah. But so you so made the, a few mil. So the lifestyle creep must have been crazy
1: oh yeah, yeah why would we save any money man we gotta ball out you
0: know <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> no, I'm here i am thinking like oh man like guys were responsible and saving and no okay no. so so the lifestyle creep i can't speak for them yeah. i know i
1: know at least good half of the guys shared with me yeah they went
0: broke too you know at that time but like i don't know for everybody but wow. yeah so so you go broke by just kind of just spending frivolously living yeah a, a pretty lavish lifestyle and then the money just cuts off yeah yeah
1: wow. and honestly i i wasn't even a, like a big i didn't like buy a boat and multiple house. I wasn't like that. I was like, it was a lot of little things added up. This is a good lesson for people financially. Just cause you don't buy like expensive jewelry and a house or try to buy like a crazy car. That doesn't mean you still can't go broke. Mm. If you spend every time you go to the mall mm. and you pay for all the meals for the homies. And then like I did, I'd, like I had a Benz that like I paid, like I was trying to pay it off fast by like, three grand a month on the Benz just mm-hmm. to like get it paid off real quick. I don't know why that was rela relayed to me as good advice. And then I had, I did have jewelry. I had, like I iced out, like, basketball earrings four thousand dollars custom made mm-hmm. and what was the biggest expense chain. what was the what
0: was the single biggest expense the
1: single biggest expense uh rent oh sorry rent in oregon and rent in la you got two spots two spots uh crazy bins um what was the biggest expense there was like some jewelry some big jewelry things but it was a lot of little things added up and then mm. Every time I'm like a kid in a candy store Because I was so young Like I said People don't even know And when it ended I was 23, 24 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, Every time I go to Fry's or Best Buy We gotta just buy a bunch of stuff Because like we can, right? It's fun mm. You know. Uh, you want some? You want a, PS, you want a PS2 also? Right, I'll get you Your friend want one? I'll right, get it Wow <laughs> i just I was always nice like that. And I always like wanted to live it up with the home, you know what I mean? So wow. like, cool. like, okay. but it always just added up. It didn't feel like anything at the yeah. time, right? Yeah. That expenditure's not a big deal. But wow. you know, and then I remember one time my uh, financial advisor at the time, she was like, Hey, did you know you're spending more than you're making, like every month? And I was like, Oh, for real? You know, she sent me like a statement, it was like a spreadsheet, and I'm like, it's too hard to read. I don't know this so. so she tried to warn you. She warned me and I ta- I tailored back a little bit, but not enough. Yeah. Supposed to like do a life reconstruct, you know,
0: financial reconstruct. I didn't You didn't think to back then, I guess, like buy a home, pay it off, so at least you had your residence covered? Tried to. Okay. Tried to. Uh in Oregon I was
1: gonna like I was like leasing a convo and the and the dude said like, hey, lease it for a year and then I'll sell it to you. And then like he backed on his word. It's like a house on a lake. And Mm -hmm. then after I, I moved to LA for some acting stuff, I had like a lead role in a movie, moved to LA and then I was like, Oh, this is a spot, but I didn't really necessarily have the money or might have been hard to get a loan at that time to uh, get like a, you know, multi-million dollar or a million dollar house.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. And but I'm guessing you, you're young, probably don't got a ton of credit at the time. Yeah. Either. And to be honest,
1: uh, I could have bought a house, though. To
0: be honest, I, I just, just didn't
1: stop and like, hey, let's think finance. Like, yeah. it was a fast life, yeah. you know, travel, and one touring eight months out of the year,
0: yeah. tied up in all the
1: girlfriends,
0: yeah. you know, was there per diems on those tours? Like, are you getting your salary and are you getting, like, daily food Crazy money? per diem. Like, what was the per diem a day? Good
1: like, question, but I feel like at the end of the week, I had at least a few racks of few per racks. diem. Wow. And, like, you know, you don't yeah. even, they give so you way more than enough, right?
0: So you're living high, but you're overspending. Yeah. You go broke. Mm-hmm. And how did you, tell me, like, when did you realize, like, oh, I'm broke, broke? Probably about, like, 2009, uh, the recession hit. Okay. I
1: remember what savings I did have. I almost had six-figure savings. I had to take that out. And I was like, no big, you know, you know, almost 100K in there, whatever. So took that out. I go, that went quick, too. Mm. You know, and then, then, then I'm starting to feel the months, right? Every month, I look back at that account where I never checked the account before because I was mm. like, oh, it's all good. You know what I mean? We're getting 50K check here, 40K check here, 20K check here, 100 and some K check here if we got a big deal. Mm. So I don't even think about it. I'm like, oh, all right. But – uh, yeah, so then I started to feel it about 2009, and I think it was about late 2009 or 2010, I think I only had, I had, like, less than $200 in my account at one point. Wow. Yeah. Because I think I got a whole bunch of tickets or, like, some tax stuff caught up to me, and then boom, it was, like, super
0: low. Tax, them taxes, bro. And taxes, man. You keep up. With- so they got you with the taxes. Yeah, And, and then, you uh, look into your account. And, and I was
1: always legal. I always paid my taxes. I had, like, I always had, like, good accounts or, like, I had, like, good teams, even though I was being a knucklehead. Yeah. Uh... So yeah, then it just deflated. I had less than two hundred dollars in my account at all these bills. And then I did notice on eBay because people would tell me, like, yo, your jersey's selling for thirty five hundred and isn't that. So I, I I kept seventy-five of my Anwin jerseys because we had sometimes we wear that same jersey two or three times. So the ones that are going crazy, I got a copy. Mm. And I was like, I don't value it that much. I can keep three of these, you know what I'm saying? So so I sold them all. You and sold it, all your jerseys. Sold them all, made like thirty K or something like that, thirty to fifty K. And right. I lived <laughs> off that for like eight months, six months, okay. and I was still a knucklehead. I was still, like, eating crab and lobster, like, off the jerseys. I don't know. <laughs> you, 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 know you don't know any better. you still yep. trying to live the lifestyle, Yep. you know, and appease the people and be cool. So, uh, And I was getting into acting, so even though, like, I was broke, I was still trying to merge into
0: acting. I had, like, a lead role in a yep. movie. I was hoping that was going to come you out. You were thinking another big payday is coming, probably.
1: I did. I actually was thinking I could parlay into acting because I had, like, a lead role and yeah. it had, like, an A-list cast. I had, like, Nick Cannon, Ludacris, all mm-hmm. these actors were in it, and then it never came out. It got shelved, and then, like, I got representation, and they shelved me because they had big wigs. Like, they're getting me because they're like, oh, the guy started on ESPN in six years. But it's always about what you're doing now, you know, yeah. when it comes to representation of Hollywood. Yep. It's like, what are you doing now? What about mm-hmm. this month? What about mm-hmm. this week? What'd you upload? What'd you, what'd you do, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, I was that guy that was, like, two years ago, mm-hmm. and everybody kind of knew it, but they wouldn't tell me. So I'm on the roster with other movie stars. or are A-list, so they're, like, barely even talking to me. And I didn't know I'm supposed to leave and go get somebody else, but like mm. you don't know the game. I was like, i got a top agent. Let's go."
0: So wow. So you figure out you're broke, you sell all your jerseys, and then w- how did you start to turn it around? Yeah. So and, then, and, and when did faith play into it? Was faith the catalyst for you? Faith was the turning point. Okay. But so tell me about that. I still
1: hustled. I was always a grinder, no matter what. You yeah. know what I mean? I was always a hustler. And I always was into branding and entertainment just by default. I, I always think back now, like, why was I drawn? I just felt like it made sense because we had that TV show. So it, for me, it always made sense. And when I noticed YouTube, people in other countries were running up to me and saying, "Oh, Professor," you know, and I'd be like, "Oh man, thanks for watching the show." And they're like, "No, I saw you on YouTube." Mm. So I'm like, "YouTube." So I started researching that. Oh six, oh seven. I had a homie who's editor making edits just to flood YouTube, not on his channel, mm-hmm. not even on mine, because AdSense didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And literally, professor mixes that were Mm fan-made, people record the show, make Mm -hmm. the highlights, Mm -hmm. those are getting like $3 per. Mm. So I was like, might as well make my own. Mm. Let's let's go crazy. Let's flood YouTube. And so I was always on that wave. So I was doing one-off games overseas. And one was still in, like, all over the world. It was in 40 countries. Mm -hmm. And at that point before digital, we were all separated. You don't know worldwide media back then. Mm -hmm. So, like... And when Africa thinks that, and when USA is still crazy hot, because mm. all they got is the guys, the mixtapes, you'd still watch media that's a year old and not even know how old it is. Uh-huh. So... It was still hot, so I'm still playing. I'm being a rock star in these foreign countries, but then coming home and it's not it's not the yeah. same.
0: Were you getting paid decent to do that?
1: few grand. few grand. A few grand. few grand. I mean, so not the same. It but, it, but it was so few and far in between, I didn't make much per year. Yeah. So that didn't start to pick up until about 2010, but okay. I'm still broke. I'm still, yeah. like, compared to, like, my name and, like, sure. what you think it should be, sure. and I'm just getting by. I ain't saving no money. Yeah. So then when 2011 hit, we had just signed contracts to do this other tour that was supposed to be, like, the next coming in one. It was called Ball Up. Okay. And uh, Escalade was on there with me, one of my closest friends and teammates, and he ended up dying. Mm. So that shook my world up, right, because I never even had a relative die up until that point. Mm -hmm. I'm not even a grandparent or anything. So that that really shook me up. And then I was already kind of like down just from the whole, everything wasn't really going good, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I was just kind of uncomfortable. So I went to his funeral. Mm -hmm. Mark Jackson is his brother, Escalade's brother. A lot of people don't know that. Mark Jackson, the analyst, Mm ex-NBA player. Mm -hmm. So he was doing the eulogy and went through it. He's talking about Christ, and I'm just, like, remembering things I heard of as a youth, like, at that Christian school. Wow. And then um, preschool. I went to Christian preschool randomly, too. Yeah. My parents always thought those were good schools to be in. You know what I mean? My my mom was, like, raised Christian, too. So um, anyway, during the eulogy, he did an altar call, and I just felt compelled, like, it was the, just the right thing to do. Mm. I can't even say I knew – It was just it was just God's plan, you know. I I went up there and did it. But then I like after that really was looking into the faith heavy, like on a much deeper level. I already was going to church out of courtesy. I was playing in a church league, and the dude was inviting me to church. This Mm -hmm. this guy who's kind of like my mentor today. Mm -hmm. So I already God was already planting those seeds. And Mm -hmm. then the altar car I went forward, gave my life to Christ, and then I was like locked in looking into and I really had a transformation
0: through that. Wow.
1: Yeah. So mine wasn't always like, you know, some people sometimes like. I was counting the cost of like what it was when I give my life to Christ, but I didn't fully know. Mm. And then, like as I looked in, it's it's crazy. Transformation had happened,
0: and this is about ten years ago, 2011. 20. Okay, so yeah, third, third, twelve years, eleven years ago. Yeah, sorry, my math's bad. <laughs> Math uh, is crazy. So, so eleven years ago. So, th- tell me this: did did uh, did you go through like uh, like was it like instant where you're like, wait a minute, I'm I, I've been Irresponsible financially, I've been kind of living reckless in, the, in these other areas, and you just kind of did a complete 180 or was it more gradual?
1: Yeah, um, it was both. I'd stopped going out, I, okay. didn't, I didn't go to no clubs. Okay,
0: that probably saved a lot of money.
1: I left behind all my friends. Okay, everybody was kind of like a party or athlete or yeah. whatever, something in entertainment. Yeah, I moved to the valley like West Valley, which mm-hmm. a lot of people in inner LA they'd be like, You live out there, like mm-hmm. that's like past Woodland Hills, mm-hmm. like you almost Calabasas, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was before Calabas was even popular, but, um, yeah, so new friends, uh, all believers, started going to church in the Valley, um, complete, uh, different views on everything immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in the word daily. Mm. Uh, I was in a study watching stuff online. Um, I, I always call it, I was like all spiritual steroids or like, like almost unhealthy. We're spending. Yeah. <laughs> Big amounts of the day, but it was great. Yeah. You know I mean, it was probably great. what you needed. No, it was what I needed. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. It was actually amazing. And then, um,
0: did you ever go through the cage stage? I didn't
1: even know the words transformation. I didn't even know the word. I didn't even know what that was until a year in. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I had a transformation for sure. And then everybody identified me as that. They yeah. like, oh, he's, you know, people out of the faith, they be like, oh, he's real religious, he you yeah. know, go to the
0: club. Yeah, yeah. So, Did you ever go through the cage stage? The cage the cage day. Yeah, I think so. We're I your, think that's what that We just got to put you in a cage because if you if you say too much, you're going to hurt everybody oh, around you. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I
1: think a lot of people do, right?
0: Well, yeah, well, a lot of people do. What was that like 100%, for you?
1: trying to convert everybody you yep, meet. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, trying
0: to do it in 20 minutes. Yep. Um, take them through Roman's Road, try to close them on a prayer like a used car yeah. salesman. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I think I think God was
1: strategic to take me away from a lot of, I just didn't even have hardly any friends except yeah. for my people at the church who I was getting to know, you yep, know what I mean? yeah. And then um definitely a full transformation then and then um yeah, it was a turning point because now everything I do is for the people. I do it to inspire and impact people, you yeah. know, and like a lot of times that's a faith thing, you yep. know. Like yep. I'm trying to do more uh ministry events for free, just go do mm-hmm. them, you know what I mean, just yeah. serve like today that's what I'm going to or whatever. But um, but yeah, so I've been able to impact that way. And then also like I like even being a Christian, I don't think it's bad to inspire somebody to, hey, I want to get back and play ball or yeah. You know, some people tell me like you inspired me to pick up a basketball game. I'm 45. I just like to go play yeah. and have fun. That's or even beautiful. non-ball players are like, man, I'm inspired to do whatever my craft or whatever yeah. I do. Yeah, your videos inspired me to do that. Or yeah. even like a lot of people be on their bed, uh, deathbed for cancer, and they tell me oh, like I've gotten tons of those throughout my career. Wow. Man, I had cancer. I was down. I was watching your vids. Man, it brought a smile on my face, tear to my eye. Mm. So I was like, wow. You know what I mean? You can impact people in a lot of ways. But I'm trying to make a more intentional effort, especially nowadays, getting older to do more like just direct on ministry stuff when I can.
0: Yeah, yep. that's dope, man. And w- w- so so th- there's a transformation that happens mm-hmm. about 11 years ago. You're in church now. You yeah. kind of cut off a lot of the the friends that you would party with. And then is this around the time you started doing your own YouTube? Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. Uh, and was the Spider-Man thing the first thing that really popped off there? Yeah, so I started the channel 09 and you were just doing highlights at that point. Old school throwback Just highlights, highlights only. Okay.
1: I found a kid who made some of the professor mixes that went crazy. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, you could send a DM on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I DM'd him. We got in touch. Turns out he lived just south of San Diego. He's in Chula Vista. Mm-hmm. So that's like, you know, a few hours from LA. Yep. Yep. I was always a grinder though. So I I asked him if he could teach me how to edit and if he could make my first couple videos on my channel. And so I drove to his house 3 times a week. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of crazy. It shows I had nothing else going on. Three times a week, I drove from L.A. to his place. From the valley. From No, from West
0: L.A. From West L.A. to Chula Bro, I don't even go to Chula to Vista. To Chula Vista. Chula is practically Mexico. It's crazy. It's crazy. So I'm going <laughs> so, down there. So hold on. You're going down there, and he's editing, and you're like it, curious. And I watched him edit the videos And you to want back. to learn to edit the videos. Yeah, so he okay, me. Okay, so hold on. There's a lot there. I didn't know that. There's a lot there as a creator yeah. that you're willing to... to, to I mean, you're practically skill stacking. You're taking something in, in a discipline that requires to be great at basketball. And you're saying, I'm, I'm in my mid-20s now, but I'm going to be curious enough to go and learn. From a kid. From a kid. 16. The craft of video editing. Yeah. I never knew this. Yeah. The kid was awesome, though, this man. Is, this, is, this is big for, for people who are just, I just want to do one thing. I want to stay in my lane. Da, da, da. And you're like, nah, dude. Like, I'm going to grind and figure it yeah. out. So you're going down there. Yeah. And 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 to be fair, when those
1: people ran up to me and said they saw my YouTube in, in London and in Australia, yeah. it really occurred to me like, hey, this is a TV channel. This mm-hmm. is free distribution globally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know at that time it was only in 10 countries or something. Mm-hmm. Now it's like everywhere. But I did think this could be TV later. Yeah. Like if everybody can have their own TV channel, what's that going to mean in 10 years? I was wow. like, let's, let's go crazy. It's my only chance. Yeah. And nobody else care about me. Wow. Agents won't even give me a gig. Right. And they rep me. So, So, yeah. So I learned from this kid. And uh, he made my first like few video, two or three videos on Professor Live. And then I did it. So I had in 2013, uh, I had one video that had over half a million and a couple of those that were hundred and some K and then other, like a bad video, do like 10 or 15. Wow. K. And so I was like doing pretty good. I remember I had 17,000 subs, but uh-huh. that's like uploading just whenever I get some footage. Like yeah. I ain't even filming it firsthand. Yeah. Just whenever I got the footage, everywhere I go, I'll tell you, hey, can I get the video? Yeah. And i chop that up with whatever crappy quality it was or whatever. Yeah um so then my homie rob shout out to uh my homie rob set free i think he knows you actually anyway mm-hmm. he was the one who told me uh taught me how to use the dslr and he was like hey man have you ever thought about trying to go viral like mm-hmm. he was like there's some real promise here like you could strategically try to go viral so we brainstorm put our heads together and then he comes up with the idea for spider-man basketball because mm-hmm. he's like look it's cosplay which mm-hmm. i didn't know nothing about it's prank it's 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 comedy, it's sports, mm-hmm. it's basketball, it's, it's all everything. in one. Yeah. It's like six genres in one. Yeah. And uh, I go out there and did it, and then I came back that night. I shot in 20 minutes, bro. Mm-hmm. Never missed a shot. Held the court. Just yeah. played like King of the Court with some people that probably yeah. thought I was on drugs. And then uh, every trick worked. Yeah. Couldn't even see the hoop, and I'm throwing it, it keep swishing. I was like, all right, whatever, I'll take it. Wow. Yeah. If you notice, I didn't shoot a three, because when I was a three-point, I couldn't see the rim. Yeah. So... I went back and edited it. took me like three and a half hours, four hours to edit it. Uh, I didn't know how to compress a video, so I'm only exporting master files. I think that was the, that was the only, only option back then. They didn't have that 4K for Apple device. Yeah, yeah, They didn't yeah. have that in Final yeah. Cut. So it was like Final Cut Pro 7. It's probably taking forever to upload. Forever. So, so it said like 15 <laughs> hours. So I, I edited. It. I went to sleep that night. I had a flight to Chicago. Yeah. 7 a.m. I had a game yeah. in Chicago. So we were touring with Ball Up. So I wake up next day and... uh. Still uploading five more hours or whatever. So or or maybe it just said like an hour or something. So I was like, screw it, I'll just leave the computer on all weekend. I was like, I don't care. So by the time I got to LAX, it had already uploaded I got like the email. This only have the email notifications. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I remember I looked at it and it said it had 310K views. And I like double take. I remember I was tired, I'm half asleep on the rolling to the terminal. And I like looked at it like, Wow, is wow. that right? And I clicked, I was like, Is that right? It can't be right. Yeah. Then the time I get to Chicago it already has over a million views. And then by the, oh. yeah, then like day later, three. And then by the end of the week, six. Holy moly. And back in the day, remember that time, you had six million in a week. That's a real viral video. Oh, yeah, That's like, now the algorithms are better, right? YouTube's yeah. way better than the algorithm. You have a banger, banger. You might, like one of my vids did 16 in a week. Yeah. So it was different. But my inbox on YouTube is spam. Good Morning America, ESPN, MSNBC, uh, CNN. Wow. Sports Center. This is 2014? 13. 13. So 2013. So that's kind of how that went down with Spider-Man Basketball. But shout out to my homie Rob. He really came up with the idea. And then like, yeah. shout
0: out to Rob. Man. Yeah,
1: Rob. You know, Rob Monroe. Is this I free? Really I am familiar. Set free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know the handle.
0: Yeah. So that's crazy. So is how big was the channel? Because you said you had 17,000 subs. How big did the channel grow at that point?
1: Oh, a million overnight.
0: Overnight. Well, in a week. In a week.
1: It, literally, like I think actually, you know what? I that's the way I say it. I think it was like. Eight seven or eight hundred K, and then the next few months got to a million. But basically, was the AdSense business bo- overnight booming back then? I made so I was in a bad MCN deal, 50 50 uh, split. Yeah. Somebody told me that was a good deal because Vivo channels take 90 artists get 10. It's like, this is a good one. I was like, okay, that doesn't mean it's good for everybody, yeah. but I went for it. So I was in a three year deal, mm. 50%. So I made end of that month with that viral first viral video, I only made four thousand dollars. Mm. So it totaled my t- channel made over eight thousand at that time
0: yeah. yeah 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 which i mean a lot has changed in terms a lot of youtube changed. stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and so uh it took you a while to kind of reveal that you were the spider-man character right like you kind of kept it on the low never for took
1: minute. off the mask until like way late. yeah like yeah. way late. but it was better because it was more pranky yeah and then it brought some like mystery talk about it more
0: yeah um
1: i think if i would have took it all the first it's just been kind of over it that
0: yeah or who knows it wouldn't been as cool wouldn't have been as cool i yeah. felt like how did you get to this modern format you're at now? Where you got you go to the, the yeah. these these dope locations, just play some pickleball, guys talking trash. You know what I mean? Like, how did you get to this place? By accident, I okay. think God guided it. But honestly, like,
1: so yeah, God brought the the Spider Man thing work cosplay goes off. But then also, this one time in a uh, 2015 or 2016, I was playing a dude, and he was like a little bit heavy, mm-hmm. and he had like a button up on. So one of the narratives early on social, and I used to pay too much attention to comments and mm-hmm. what people said. One of the things like he don't play any good competition; he's playing bums
0: all the time. And so, <laughs> which is funny because it's like no, no, no. Not that you're not playing good competition. It's like the good competition looks like bums when you're playing against yeah, of the two, athlete. Right? It has yeah. to be one of the two. <laughs> right. He looks so bad. Like either he was good or just look bad or whatever. But I mean, the truth is, I just play everybody. Right?
1: Yeah. You go yeah. play street ball. I'm the best right. in the street. What am I supposed? If I played college player, I'd be a college player. Playing right. the NBA, I'd be right. a NBA. You know what I mean? Right. So street ball that's what it is but uh yeah so i played this dude this video is my biggest video on youtube today yeah. it has 82 it's million really dislocated his shoulder right yes yeah. yeah. it's like it is fake we couldn't have wrote a better script he mm-hmm. talked all this crap yeah. it's like a movie you helped laid out and the the location is nuts it's yeah. like laguna courts yeah. on main beach yep. it's one of my favorite courts in the world yeah. it's not my favorite but yeah and then somehow a one-on-one conversation he he wanted to play it's like his idea talking all this crap he's like just watch his hips man it's easy to guard him. So we ended up playing one on one. Midway through, I shook him. He s- slapped the ground like he went hard. I didn't even touch. You know, sometimes ankle breakers are contact. Yeah. This was a no contact ankle yeah. breaker. Then two plays later, I did something. <laughs> he, he threw his shoulder. I like broke his shoulder, and we had to stop the game. And I was like, "Hey, good game," you know what I'm saying? And then uh, that one did like over
0: ten in a week or something like that. And then uh, he tried, He threatened to sue you or something, didn't he? They sent me. Uh,
1: I think they allegedly sent me some papers or something like Man. that, but. Whatever. I mean, it was his idea. YouTube ruled my favor. They filed a privacy complaint. Hold on. He filed a <laughs> that's privacy That's whack, bro. It was his idea. Yeah. Yeah, and then they counted, but YouTube counted. You know what I'm saying? There was like 47 cameras yeah. filming it. Yeah. So, I mean, there's not much of an argument there. But I feel like we couldn't have wrote a better script. Like, yeah. it was just insane. But when I go to the edit, check this out. Yeah. I go to the edit. I don't know why. Whenever I went berserk viral, I always edit till 5 a.m. It's uh-huh. like a trend for me. Yeah. So... I'm staying up late. I'm editing the vid. I started early, but it just went on. I got in the zone. Yeah. And then I decided to edit this one. Let's tell a story of why I played this, dude. Let's show how this game comes about mm-hmm. because I always play these people. I just show the highlight mix, and then y'all got a problem with who I played. Mm-hmm. So I showed why. I showed the trash talk. I said, let's subtitle it. You can't hear him fully clearly. Let's subtitle it. Mm-hmm. Let's tell this whole story mm-hmm. of how we got there and why we got in the game, how it went. Let's keep the score. Boom, 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 boom. And then I was like, it's a perfect thumbnail, man. This this ankle breaker mm-hmm. it's crazy. I said, let's mm-hmm. just do that as the thumbnail. So I did everything right on accident. Mm-hmm. And then it was the first ever video that said expose and trash talker. Mm-hmm. My cousin on the dude, he was like, You about to get exposed. He told the dude. Mm-hmm. And then in my title, I was like, What do I call this dude? Heckler. I was like, people don't know. Not all people know what a heckler is. Mm-hmm. Say trash. I'm not gonna say ish talker. Mm-hmm. Like it's trash, he's a trash talker. Yeah. So I was like, all right, 1v1 versus trash talker for a hundred dollars. Laguna Paradise Court. Yeah. <laughs> that was the title. And then from that, everything's trash talk, right? Yeah. I see people in different genres versus the trash yeah. or whatever. So we did everything right, but I think God is kinda like guy. Yeah, and man. then we learn, you know, a story is what's most captivating. hundred percent. If I would have asked somebody experience in film, they could have told me that or, yeah. or, or even YouTube at that time. Yeah. But a story is what brigades are. We're so I'm so hooper, so athlete. Right. I'm only thinking basketball and the amazement of the game. And it's like, bro, there's more to life. People are more into life and stories than they are your skills. So something that can lead to the game is yeah. like, what well, goes crazy. And then if you cosplay and give it a whole theme, that's a different video, but yep. that one's awesome too. Yep. In a different way. Yeah.
0: yeah. So this video goes crazy. T- tons of views. Yeah. And... It, it's interesting because it sounds like you kind of got a whole another career. Like you did the M1 thing and that was a season and now there's another season and, and it's going your YouTube has taken off, right? And it and, it's, yeah. and it blows up. It's crazy. And so you're now at almost 7 million subscribers, hopefully by the time yeah. this is this this is live you'll be north of 7 million. Yeah, praise which, God, man. Which is hopefully, amazing. No really? <laughs> um get that 10 million that plaque let no what is it the is it the diamond plaque is that what they do a ten million? i can't remember what i yeah. think so yeah i think it's a. Th- um yeah lord willing man lord so I, man there's so there's so many really cool elements about your story like you being willing to reinvent yourself the faith component to it all the uh, ability to get into the minutiae of the details mm. and to learn to edit and learn to make thumbnails and mm. all of these different that's things that's why i was and,
1: impressed by your grind though
0: because you knew a lot of
1: things like early yeah like I'm doing YouTube for four years, like just n- not even knowing what I'm doing, like yeah. doing some numbers, like, oh that's cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah.
0: <laughs> But if you think about it, it's all transferable, isn't it? Like street ball has an artistic flair to it. Yeah. It's not just no let I- me get the the best back, the best bucket most efficiently on you. No, no, no. I'm gonna do it with some flair, I'm gonna do it with some style, you know, and then I'm going to uh maybe talk a little bit.
1: <laughs> I I actually learned I'm a creative.
0: Yes. I learned I'm very artistic, Yes. And very creative,
1: and I learned that. As this thing goes, I'm I'm equally an entertainer an entertainer as much as a hooper if not more. Yeah. Because I joke my cousin, like, I don't even practice. I I do, but, like, it's hard to find the time. We got all this going. We're producing these beds. We're trying to storyboard. We're doing every platform. And I still edit 30% of my videos because I can't find nobody better.
0: Dude, that's incredible. (laughs) That's incredible because the logic would go outsource, outsource, outsource. You focus on the business. Don't be so wrapped up in the business. But as a creator, you know. I've tried you want to be hands-on. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I tried to completely outsource yeah. a bunch of times, but then as soon as I go back and touch it, it goes berserk. And then the brand
1: changes. Now we go to the mall and yeah. everyone's like, yo, I just seen that. Yeah, it's like yesterday. Yeah. And then now the media wants to do interviews. Yeah. So it's like, I realize I can't get off fully, but shout out to my cousin Zach. Shout out to Zach. Yeah. Zach's the homie. And shout out to my homie Jay Lyons. Yeah. They're fire. Yeah. Like, like they they're Jay's better than I am. Yeah. Zach might be better than I am now, too. Yeah. Uh but it's hard because if you have the vision, you want to fulfill the vision. So it's feel like I should stick with that edit. If I have a vision and Jay shoots it, it kind of has to turn into his vision a little bit. But it would be excellent. Are you? Did you
0: train them up? No, no, no. Jay, Jay been in a. What about Zach though? Yeah, I tra- yeah, Zach. You train Zach. I train Zach. I mean, but that's that's ultimate yeah. leadership right there. You re- you God. recreated yourself yeah. to someone that is potentially better than you now.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he's and he's a grinder. Like I edit off inspiration. I have to be all juiced up and inspired. Yeah. He's just a grinder. You yeah. need it done by this date. He's gonna get it done. It's gonna be excellent. Yeah. So and then Jay. Jay's been in the business as a director. He's mainly like director, writer, producer. Yep. He can edit if he wants to. Like yeah. he just, he's just a beast. He did that prison video I went to. Okay, I think that has like over fifty million views. Crazy today. video. It did six, that's that's the one that did 16 mil in a week, and he's a believer too. So he brought me to that ministry, that prison fellowship. Yeah. but anyway, those. So,
0: so the whole squad is is most of the guys around you is are you know that are working with you are, Christian guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. About about eighty percent of the Yeah. yeah. Did they? Do you see this? As more than just entertainment. Like, do you, I mean, obviously, you know, it's more than just me, but th- th- like, it sounds like you guys are also all aligned that that inspiration that you give to people can 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 be a form of ministry.
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, and then the fruit that comes from it, everybody be on the same page, man. It's hard to beat. You know what yeah, I mean? Cause yeah. A, you got that trust, right? We all have the same moral scale. We have Christ's moral mm-hmm. scale. And then also just the power behind it, bro. I'm telling you, like, we, some of these vids be supernatural, bro. Like even the prison. Mm-hmm. I go to prison, you know, a little weary. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. A bunch of convicts. I was like, hopefully they like my story. Mm-hmm. And then if we hoop, I'll just go, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I didn't miss a shot. That, I mean, I barely missed a shot that day. Yeah. Every move worked. Yeah. Just like the Laguna. It's like fake. It was like a story. Yeah. And then people actually comment all the time. Be like, yo, this is fake. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I can't blame you. I see why you think that.
0: (laughs) At this level, you're way more gracious with the comments. You're not taking anything personally. No. (laughs) You know those moods you clap back, but I haven't done that in a while. You know what I mean?
1: Because then it's like the professor responded to me. Yeah. Now it's a bigger deal. But like, uh, but no, I mean, yeah, dude, I honestly feel like God has hand in it the whole, like, in a more direct, incredible way. Like, I really don't put God in a box. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, my favorite verse is like the, Jesus looked at him and said, "With man, it's impossible. With yep. God, all things are possible." I really try to live that way, yeah. and I look at it with all things, right? Yeah. People think Bible and they think God and they think there's a posture and yeah. it's all in the church or like it's a certain way, but yeah. I'll be like, "No, he he gonna make your video go yeah. crazy, yeah, and it's gonna be it some, somehow everything. glorifies. Yeah. It, it works yeah. for your purpose is exuded in that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then the platform could, ex- if he wants to expand, it's like because of that. Yeah. Even though a lot of hustles involved, you gotta meet him halfway. But yeah. so that's how I look at it.
0: Yeah. Tell me about Global Hooper man. L- last time I was we we were hanging out we set up your podcast spot in the old spot in the old yeah. warehouse. It seems like you guys have only glowed up, leveled up since then. The brand is going crazy. Tell me about crazy Global guy, Hooper.
1: Yeah. Um Global Hooper man, I started uh, in 2017. It's funny because I was actually Global Hooper on Instagram. I tried to rebrand fully. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't even the professor. I was like, "Oh, that's ancient Everything's this old school. Let's, I'm the Global Hooper now." Mm-hmm. And then I went – everybody was connecting the dots, and they were saying, Professor, it just made sense. So mm-hmm. I switched my IG back to the professor. Okay. But I love this name. this Global Hooper. And so – because it kind of brings – it's like unity too, right? And uh, so then I, I called my brand Global Hooper. And uh, people took to it decently, especially like the people who were already super supporters took to it and really supported it. But then like when I started getting like three, four million subs, I noticed a big boost. Mm-hmm. And, like people were like, it's really important to people, and they can't wait for the next drop. Mm-hmm. And now we got headquarters in downtown L.A. Come we're like, on. We're like three blocks from Crypto Arena. Come on. But it's actually, I made it our headquarters and offices, but it's also a content studio for other creators to come in there. Oh, that's dope. They can see Global Hooper, but they also have a space so I can give back. I was the first b-ball
0: YouTube hooper or yeah. influ-
1: basketball influencer, yeah. period, on accident. Uh. So now it's like my way to give back to all the up-and-coming because now it's a community. Yeah, man.
0: It's yeah. crazy. And it's a big deal. Like, like the <laughs> online, uh, I see a lot of the Instagram stuff. Um, I see a lot of the, the younger guys coming up and obviously some of them are influenced and it's, it's, it's like L1 was a big deal, but now there's so many different pockets and so many different people. And like you said earlier, the distribution changed.
1: Yeah. Distribution changed. Yeah, exactly. And algorithms changed, right? Yeah. YouTube's algorithm right now are way better at it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been great. But with Global Hooper attached to the brand, it's been awesome and uh, looking to expand. You know, my goal for it would for it to be a culture brand mm-hmm. at some point. I know um, with clothing, man, it just takes funds. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it takes a lot time. of funds. So we can do that slow growth where we reinvest, yeah. or maybe it's an investment situation at some yeah. point. I haven't figured that out, but just taking it one step at a time.
0: Yeah. You, I'm sure you'll get to 10 million subs Global sooner billion. than later. Global, Glo- Global. Hooper is blowing up. Could you ever see yourself? If you had the option to buy and won. You know what's so crazy? My security guard who uh-huh. drove us here, yeah. he asked me the
1: same question on the way here. Yeah. And somebody asked me it like three or four days ago. Yeah. So it's funny you even asked that. Here's the thing. I actually talked to a group of investors that tried to buy it though yeah. less than a year ago and they they turned it down. They offered them 150 mil. So it's a huge, it's a huge thing. Um, I don't think I would because I feel like and I don't like I don't like I don't ever like to speak down of Van One, but I feel like it's viewed as a legacy old school thing, uh-huh. and I'm always about being more forward movement mm-hmm. and new. You know what I mean? So I don't know acquiring it. I don't know what that does. It gives you distribution at Walmart. Mm-hmm. It, it depends though, because you know Walmart has a relationship with them now. So mm-hmm. it's like, are they going to want it with a different person? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Yeah. So. 150 million
0: I, I would assume if they're in Walmart their their distribution and supply chain is probably rock solid smash that you can then scale and work in other things one of the, that actually came up when Kanye was complaining about Yeezy uh, Gap, and uh, adidas people he was like I want to take over a brand big brand because they right and somebody was like you should you should get n1 Oh, really? Yeah. Somebody Interesting. Who's, yeah, yeah. Which, which, which would be crazy if that... Yeah, and who knows?
1: Him. Nothing's impossible, right? Yeah. Some people have the opinion that it's old legacy, and some people have the opinion that I need to bring anyone one back. I mean, I've heard that my whole career. Bring yeah. anyone one back. Yeah. You know, and it's like, there's so many challenges with that yeah. that they might not know. You know, number one, you know, I can't brigade it. and one has to brigade it. Number two... The talent level was different, man. Them dudes mm-hmm. on the A1 team, not only were they all pro-level ball players, we play seamlessly with NBA players, mm-hmm. but they also had crazy flair and crazy personalities. Mm-hmm. And it all just it just happened. Yeah. Like it wasn't even, you know what I mean? Yeah. So today you'd have to like rock with hoopers who were already like on. Yeah. It's hard to do new talent because they have to be good at social now, right? Yes. So the dudes are already on at social. Don't yep. get me wrong, all the YouTubers are dope. Yeah. And they do great and they're very entertaining. But majority of them, not saying all of them, some might be pro-level hoopers, but most of them are college-level hoopers. Uh-huh. And there's levels in basketball, you know what I mean? If you're a college-level hooper, you're not going to do what we did. We went we went to Japan, play like a D1 or D2 pro team and wax them and put on a crazy
0: show. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that now it's shifted and now these guys on, on YouTube are building their own audiences, making their own money? Like, that's kind of crazy. You'd have to pay more. Think yeah. about it
1: back then, them deals they got us for. Yeah.
0: What well, would you have to pay a
1: prominent YouTuber to be a part of your traveling tour to take away time from there a doing lot. their social? Yeah, yeah, it'd have to be a lot bigger, a bigger investment. And right. you need, we can't just say we're starting our own YouTube for the new tour or, or it's going to be all me, mine. Right. It's got to be like a Netflix. It's right. got to be a big distribution thing. Just mm. like back in the day, big distribution made it a bigger deal. Yep. You know, whether it was the mixtapes or whether it was ESPN. So I like the idea of doing something different. I am going to try to do a world tour next year. Come on. And I'm trying to do some like... I can't tell you how many people were like, when's your doc or yeah. when are you going to do a streaming series? They've been saying streaming series for like five years. Yeah. So I'm going to make my most serious push starting planning into this year and hopefully next year. But it's not easy. Yeah. So I'm going to try it. But I like not being measured to and one. I don't yes. want to go into a one umbrella. Right. I want to go under something new because you're still going to have those people who's measuring to and one, the OGs. Yeah. But like to the new kids, I like to be something brand new.
0: Yeah, I think I think having you on, this is my second time having, this is obviously a longer conversation, hearing you on Adam 22 um, I think oh, yeah. I think you should do a podcast. I think you should do a podcast and sit that. down and go this deep because I think you, sometimes when you do stuff at a dope level, you're numb to the to the minutia and the details, it's easy to do. And it's just like, oh, this is just my story, but there's so much here that I could go deeper with you on about just your ability to reinvent yourself, your ability to learn new skills, which a lot of people are afraid to do. Like And all of that overflowing from the hustle of being a baller and the discipline it requires and the restraint. So I think there's so much value you have to offer, I think, other creators and other folks that are trying to figure out how to go from being an athlete to a creator to an entertainer, right? that, that I, I think it would be dope for you to sit down and have these sorts of conversations with the next generation okay. of ballers. Like I sent you that kid, Geo who's been blowing up. Oh, I love Geo. Cool kid, man. <laughs> it's so funny too. Yeah, man. Funny, yeah. entertaining, yeah. you know, has the handles. Yeah. We got up. Uh, you know, we got up. No. Yeah, we did a collab. What? Yeah. I, I How didn't, did I miss
1: this? I wasn't shooting. Uh-huh. I met him on a random day when I was hanging out at the shoe surgeon's okay. spot in okay. downtown. You yeah. a shoe
0: surgeon? I, it sounds familiar. He's
1: dope. He got, a, he got industrial space, like okay. a top shoe customizer. Uh-huh. Anyway we just met uh, – one of the homies, shout out to Kenny Dobbs, he yeah. just brought him through. They were hanging. He's like, can I do a – I was
0: like, yeah, we'll do something. So I just showed him a move. I think they used it for their platforms. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I think you sitting down with these kids – I know. It would be – you know what it would be like? And as you're going to think this is a crazy parallel. What? It would be the way Tyson sits down with that's the sick. next generation. I like that. Because because there's enough age gap there yeah. and there's enough wisdom on your part where you could ask these questions and go deep mm. and impart game. You know, but also just kind of probe and just extract value as well.
1: 1,000%. And I like that. You know, part of me getting the new space, but a podcast wasn't mine. Yeah. Uh, What I'm just trying to figure out now is how to make time. Yeah. So Then come back to time, right? It's doable, though, for sure.
0: Yeah. It's doable. Well, brother, I I appreciate you making the time, man. This was incredible. Um, It was. Thank you. Thank you. Like, for real, thank you. I I, I can't say that enough, man, because, one, you making the time to come. Two, you just – you just, dude, you're generous. I don't know if people understand how generous you are with your time. And praise God. Relationships. You. You've connected me with folks to help me with, on TikTok. You know what I mean? So oh, thank yeah. you, brother.
1: Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, Opportunity man. Opportunity
0: to share. All right, guys. Go go subscribe. Let's get the professor to uh, 10 million. Hey. 10 million. We need the diamond play button. <laughs> okay? 10 million. We're going to hold YouTube to it, too. We're not going to do no funky stuff. Brother, thank hey, you so much, hey. man. Lord will. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, man. Super appreciate you. All right, man. That's it.